Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 110 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. All right, it's time to get into today's episode, and today we're talking about tarot and yoga. And I'm speaking with my good friend, Sasha Graham. Welcome, Sasha. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for having me. I am delighted to talk about this subject because both you and I love yoga and we love tarot, so um, there's lots to say about it, right? Oh, there's so many good things to say about integrating the two, yeah. And I love integrating tarot with all kinds of things, you know, Mm -hmm. like cooking, just like you. I mean, we both, we love foods, we like mixing it with food, we like mixing it with all kinds of things. Why not yoga, right? Why not yoga? I mean, I think that I, I think that whole idea of integrating tarot the way that you and I both do in like all aspects of our life um, is a really natural progression of anybody who works with the cards, right? Because, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the energies, the energies I think of tarot align perfectly when you're mixing and matching with other things, and and it makes our experience as readers um, and and tarot workers that much richer. Right, when when we're merging it with other things, yeah. Absolutely, and both yoga and tarot are spiritual tools. I see them both as that. You know, a lot of times I think people with modern yoga, we think of it as a fitness routine, but, you know, ultimately yoga is way more about the spiritual development. So I see it from that lens. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like hilarious in a way when you think about, um, and I I would venture to guess what I'm going to say is probably true for you and true for a lot of people who are listening, that when I first went to my first yoga class, uh, mm-hmm. The last thing I was interested in was spirituality. You know, I I was interested in, in being healthy and maybe getting a good six-pack of abs or seeing, like, if I could look cute, like, in a yoga outfit, right? Um, and it was kind of the same way when I first was reading tarot cards. I was really interested not in spirituality or anything deep or esoteric. You know, I wanted to know if my what boys were in my future, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to peek into the, the futures of, of, of my friends, right? So when you... I think it's one of those things that when you stay with something for long enough, tarot, yoga, um, the journey becomes really transformative, right? And super, yeah. it unfolds in really interesting ways. I don't. Do you have the same experience with with both tarot and yoga? Yeah. Well, you know, when I got to yoga, I started because I had breathing issues, so I came to it to try to fix that. And when I walked out of there, I said, "Holy cats! I feel so much better." I didn't realize I had issues until I did yoga. And that day I came home and I did my readings, and it was like magic. I was in a different place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. Yeah. There's something with the way this is rebalancing my energy so that I can do my work. And, and so I can do my work in a more present way. Mm-hmm. And for tarot, I came to it, of course, you know, I was a nosy teenager trying to figure out my stuff and um, got curious with astrology first and then found my way to tarot and I became utterly fascinated and you know of course of course it became initially a tool to try to figure out you know where I'm going what's this all about but the older I got it really became more of um, my spiritual practice too yeah yeah it's interesting and I I was listening recently to uh, Kim Kranz the creator of the Wild yeah. Unknown uh, was being interviewed, and she said something that so stuck with me. She talked about how the archetypes of tarot work you, 
as much as you work them, mm-hmm. right? That they're they're doing just as much work on you as you're doing on them. And I think that I think the same is true of of yoga poses. Um, I think that I think that asanas inside of yoga. I think something like tree pose, mountain pose, up dog, down dog, all of those very familiar poses um, are hold just as much weight as the archetypes of tarot and I do I think the poses are working on you as much as you're working on them and that the relationship is actually quite similar in mm-hmm. that the more you return to those places um the more you explore them um the more you discover like going inside of a tarot card yeah. only with with yoga it's interesting right because that's very much grounded in the body as opposed to tarot which tends to be um a place where you're moving into with your sacred imagination or your intuition or your psychic facilities um uh, yoga tends to be very grounding and a very different experience because you're feeling it with your whole body right and you know yoga when you think about it though those poses those names are archetypes I mean, you're doing poses that are named after sages, animals, things in nature. So, you know, it's really connecting you to everything. And when you look at the tarot deck, the 78 cards, they reflect every aspect of our life. Well, so do the yoga poses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and I also love this idea, too, and this is something I think about a lot uh, when I'm practicing, um, that idea of, you know, when you're journeying into a tarot card, say when you're moving into the archetype of the empress, uh, to a certain extent, you're also encountering everybody else who's ever been inside that empress card, right? And that even goes to the people who don't necessarily work with tarot, but who have an idea of what a mother is, what a mother should Mm -hmm. be, what a mother could be. Um, And I think the same thing is true when you're inside of a yoga pose. You are the latest iteration of that particular pose in that moment, but there's a long line of people who have been in that space ahead of you, and I think you can kind of feel that. At some sometimes you can feel that, and I think it's really profound and beautiful. I agree. So what are some of the ways that you think people could incorporate tarot into their yoga practice? I mean, years ago I taught classes on this because I saw the correlations between tarot and yoga. So I want to know, what are your ideas about bringing tarot into your yoga practice? Oh, that's so – I want to hear more about what you were doing, actually. I'll go first, but then you have to share. Oh, sure. Um, Well, I can go first if you want. Yeah, tell me. I'm I'm curious. So we went through the tarot deck. And each week would be a theme based on the tarot deck. Oh, I love that. So, for example, the fool is about the beginner's mind. Um, It's all about really approaching things with openness, with newness, you know, not thinking you know everything. So everything had a theme. For the hanged man, we worked on inversions Mm -hmm. and seeing things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, you know, I think it was BKS Iyengar, who was my idol, had said that, you know, in yoga, everybody has to do inversions. If you don't do inversions, you become conceited because you never see things another way. Mm-hmm. Which is precisely the core, one of the core tenets yeah. of the hanged man, of course. Yeah. So that's that's what we did. Is we just went through it. So, um, so what are your thoughts? How do yoga and tarot, you know, what are some ways that people can incorporate that into their practice? Well, the first one of the first ways that I just kind of intrinsically began um, working with tarot and yoga was I started to, you know, how in, uh, in often in yoga classes they'll invite you to set an intention before you begin your practice. I would often set an intention, but then um, if I was practicing on my own, if I was doing a self-practice, of course, I would start pulling 
a tarot card before mm-hmm. I began, and I would just simply lay whatever card I had at the top of my mat, just kind of, and what I would do is I, I would pull a card randomly um, and just wait for, like, you can't write necessarily keep it. There's so much going on when you're in the process of doing yoga. Um, I would select one aspect of the card that hit me and let my mind come back to that as often as possible mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. my practice. Um, and I would leave it at the at the head of my at the top of my mat, so I could see it. So it was there, and uh, and then of course I started to pull cards intentionally <laughs> because mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Sometimes I know the energy that I need, or I know the energy that I want to invoke. I need magician energy, or I need world energy. So I began to pull cards uh, specifically to bring out during uh, the practice. And it's a funny thing, too. I think sometimes, um, because, again, tarot and magic, um, I will often treat the yoga mat itself as if it is a sacred space. So I will often, um, well, not often, but from time to time when the mood strikes uh, or when I feel the need to really be inside something that's amped up and special, I will go ahead and light the four corners, like light four cor- uh, candles, four corners of the mat. And and the yoga really almost becomes a magical practice where the spaces between my breath uh, become the silence that I see mm. with magical intentions. Um, that's been a really powerful uh, self-practice thing that I've done this year. Um, that's, yeah, it's really amazing. Mhm. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I and I for my my um the my new book, the Llewellyn Complete Book of the Rider Waite Smith Tarot, I went ahead and pulled um a, a major arcana card for uh I put every major arcana card with the yoga uh pose just as what kind of made sense to me. Um and so that was fun, right? Trying to figure out what card would go with with what pose. Mhm. Um, yeah, but it's it's fun because I think that I think the idea of integrating those two things I think there's a lot more work that can be done with it. Um, I'm teaming up. I've teamed up with uh, a yogi actually uh, named Allison DeNicola. She's a, a certified yoga instructor, mm-hmm. uh, a wonderful yogi, a meditation teacher, and she's also the creator of a. Uh, uh, yo- uh, the yoga mudra deck, awakening for mm-hmm. the energetic body, uh, and we're teaching a, uh, a yoga and tarot weekend at Kripalu in uh, February. Uh, and so she'll be doing she'll be doing the yogic aspects, but I'll be bringing people um, into mindful meditations around the major arcana. So it's really again one of those opportunities to kind of seed intention, mm-hmm. uh, guided meditations, but all of it also grounded in the body. Yeah. Right? Because whenever you're doing any sort of magic meditation work, but you're also grounding it in the physical, I think you're just making it that much more um, real. And, uh, yeah, at least for me, grounding things in the physical body, um, especially magically, tend to... Um, I don't know, kind of manifest in a better way or or it sits with you in a better way, I suppose. I agree. And, you know, the thing with uh, a lot of tarot people is we get very hung up on the third eye. We get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And we a lot of tarot people are not in their bodies. And I always say all the time how important things like meditation, physical movement are to get in your body yes. because it makes you a better reader when you're in your body. I agree. I agree completely. 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and 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 I think the I think the thing that happens when you do that as well is then you start to recognize. Again, it goes back to the idea of honing your intuitive, your psychic self. But I think then you start to recognize the different intelligences within your own body, mm-hmm. right? So that you could conceivably um, be getting information from the cards. Uh, from your client mm-hmm. in a in a in a in a different way, like kind of it just it opens things up. Mm-hmm. Right on, yeah. totally. So let's talk about the yoga philosophy. Yes, because I think you know, oftentimes when people do think of yoga, right away what they're thinking about is the physical practice of yoga, and actually in the eight limbs of yoga, asana is only one of the limbs, and also in the yoga sutras, I think there's like one sutra that's dedicated to asana. Mm-hmm. All the sutras are dedicated more to the spiritual things, the meditation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So how do you feel that texts like the Yoga Sutras and the Bhagavad Gita might go together with tarot? How might we, how might, might we see those things in tarot? Well, I see uh, the, the idea of it really, it's, it's all, I mean, it's, again, it's kind of, it's like all comparative religion, it's the same energy with different masks, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at the eight limbs of yoga, and yeah, asana is just one of the eight limbs. It's one, And, of course, when we think of yoga or when, like, an American brings a yoga to mind, you think about, like, a chicken, a Lululemon, <laughs> like, outfit, <laughs> right? When it's actually, like, the, the, the physical posture, which actually, when, and when you recognize that, right, for me, I'm no, I am like the furthest thing from a Lululemon, you know, yoga chick, right? It actually, it takes a lot of pressure off of you um, to understand that the actual work of yoga, um, what you're doing on the mat, like the important thing is that you show up, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody is like, oh, wow, you know, you're so flexible, right? Because I'm not flexible. It's it's because I'm, I'm practicing, but the physical, it's, that's, that's the beginning, the beginning part. And you even said yourself, right, that, mm-hmm. that the reason you came to yoga in the beginning was for the breath. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had an active yoga practice of just breathing, um, that's as valid, if not more, than, having, than being super bendy and doing, like, all of the tricky poses. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the eight limbs of yoga teach you, really, I think, at the end of the day, um, if you, I, if I had to, for myself, encapsulate the the wisdom that I have pulled from it, um, it's really about being present to what's happening in the moment of your life and having non-attachment. Um, and when you're sitting with the tarot, ultimately you're present for what's happening in your life at mm-hmm. the table, on the cards, and being open to whatever comes across. So it sort of does lead you to that exact same place, mm-hmm. you know, the spiritual systems behind tarot, the esoteric systems of Kabbalah, the tree of life, numerology, astrology, all of that stuff is weighted in um, in, in uh, the sutras, the yoga sutras as well. It's all, you know, part and parcel of the same thing, which is why it's so exciting when you start to kind of connect them all together um, and realize that they're all working you toward the same goal. Yep. And it's so interesting, too, because the asanas were originally started the you know monks would meditate all day, and they started doing the asanas so that they'd be able to meditate longer. <laughs> and you know, ultimately, so I always have to laugh because when I teach yoga, I've been teaching yoga now for over 15 years. 
Uh, my studio is very different. We we don't teach like you're not here to get a yoga butt. You're here to get you're here to make friends with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, the asanas are just a way I like to say to trick people into meditation because that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And really, when you think about tarot too, the ultimate goal is to get more mindful about your choices. Exactly. And well, it's so funny you saying that. It makes me think recently. So, so I practice practice Ashtanga yoga, which is actually uh, quite a vigorous um, yoga system. Uh, but I always say it chases the ghosts out of my mm-hmm. body. Right, and there's this weird thing about how, like, at the end of the day, I'm using the tarot to chase the ghosts out yes. of my body too, right? I am trying to figure out, you know, at the end of the day, and it's not, it, this isn't just the work that I'm doing, right? I think that for all of us readers, and especially when we're reading for other people, um, they're trying to get rid of their ghosts, give up their ghosts too, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to figure out what decisions they need to make about how to become happier, healthier, more whole, right? It's all the same thing. It's all about giving up the ghosts so that you can just stand in your high priestess self, be who you are, you know, with no apologies and open to, like, all of the awesomeness that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's great that, that, that your classes um, – Right, that it's not about it's not about emulating like a Nike ad, right? Or a <laughs> it's not girl, about girl. Trust me, ad. if Nike saw what I was doing, they'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty flexible, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in becoming a better person, mm-hmm. and that's what really drives me with yoga and tarot and you know all the other things I do. It's just what, like what you're saying there. Um, you know, but it's all the comparative religions, all these things. They're all, again, trying to get you to the same place. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you're open enough. Anyone, anybody uh, who works in any of these uh, modalities, I guess, for lack of a better word, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all looking for happiness and satisfaction, right? And and it's a funny thing because it does wind up going back to the the golden dawn it goes back to the magician card right this idea that the magician is is in charge of their own inner life mm-hmm. and that's the key right again that's the same thing that you return to in yoga right i am the one who determines what what is going on so you become the active observer and that like how does that aid us right well it aids you because you know that when, that that you're not reacting out of whatever's happening in front of you and that's what yoga teaches you right to mm-hmm. hold an uncomfortable pose or to be in a, a meditation which is kind of like freaking you out and you can't really focus and something annoying is entering your brain you just watch it happen you yeah. realize that that that's not you it's just something that's happening to you. And when you're not acting out of that, when you're that active observer, um, then suddenly you have all of this power and control over how you react to anything that happens in your life, but that that you aren't your emotions, right? And that's what the suit of cups teaches us. Yeah. Or you're not your thoughts or your stories, which is what the, the suit of swords teach you. Um, so I think it's pretty amazing how the two go hand in hand so well. I do, too, and I just think if every tarot reader practiced a little yoga, it would help them with their readings. And, and, I, I don't, and don't you think that yoga is also, like, very trippy? Like, have, yeah. you, have you had very, like, trippy experiences, like in Shavasana when you're done practicing? Absolutely, and also I do a yoga nidra, 
uh, experience for my students. And I use Yoga Nidra myself for uh, brainstorming. Oh, tell me what that is. Oh, Yoga Nidra is amazing. Tell us, tell so us. Yoga Nidra, it's also known as the yogic sleep. It's a deep tantric meditation, and it takes you super deep. And you'll go into it, and 45 minutes or an hour passes. It feels like 10 minutes. Oh. It's so deep, you come out of it refreshed. And I use it in a couple of different ways. I use it for creative brainstorming for my work because I found when I went into Yoga Nidra, suddenly I would have all these crazy good creative ideas. I'm like, holy crap, am I supposed to be doing this? And then what I would do is I would always come out of it and I would write, I write my ideas down. And those ideas often turn into like blog posts or maybe turn into a, a class or a product. So it got my creative juices flowing. I love that. So that idea, right, that ideas mm-hmm. of consciousness of their own and mm-hmm. ideas themselves are looking for people who are open to them, who can make yeah. those ideas a reality. So when you're in a yoga nidra space, uh, you're literally kind of going into that dark space where you can sort of say, okay, ideas, here I am. What yeah. do you have for me? I, ha- I find that happens with me on the massage table too. It's like I work things out. And the other thing when I do a yoga nidra for my students, what we do is we do it in, and then we do combine tarot with it too, but it's all about setting an intention for something in your life that you want to change. So I get them really deep, and then there's a point where they have an opportunity to take an affirmation that they've created for themselves and really start repeating it to themselves. Mm. And so when we come out of it, it's like we're creating change from the inside out. Yes. It's so powerful. It is one of the best things. I am such a fan of Yoga Nidra, so I'm a big believer in it. So, and how does the Yoga Nidra, how does that differ from a regular sort of just guided meditation, if I may ask? It's a tantric. It's ritualistic. There's like a ritual you go through. And the ritual begins, you know, where you start naming different parts of the body, then you do some breath work, and then you start naming images and then you go deep, and then you have to be guided out. Mm. And sometimes during the yoga nidra, what will happen is all of a sudden you'll feel yourself jerk, and you'll think of what the hell. Well, that means that the yoga nidra really hits something deep. Right. So it's very magical. Oh, that's fabulous. It's super magical. So I have all these techniques and ways I use them with my students, and you know, it's something that I want to definitely start bringing out of my little studio to readers and stuff because it is magic. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Now, can you do that for yourself, or do you have to listen to... I have to listen to something. You do. Yeah, you have to have, like, a little something, something to guide you. Because otherwise, you know, what will happen if I'm trying to do it myself, which I've tried, it doesn't work. My brain starts automatically going into my planning mode because my normal brain is about planning and strategizing. Right, right, right. My meditation brain automatically will go into planning. Mm-hmm. If it's not guided, if it's guided, it goes into creativity mode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you know what? You just reminded me of something else, actually, that I think is, and again, it's something that it works really well in yoga and it works so brilliantly, too, with the cards, mm-hmm. is that idea, and I don't know the proper name for it, but when you move into a pose and hold it for like 15 or 30 minutes, um, I had done these exercises. In yoga. Yeah, yeah, in yoga, you would go into tree pose and then, say, pick a spot on a wall. Mm-hmm. And just stare at it and hold the oh, hold it. Oh, drifty. What? That's called the drifty. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you pick your drifty. Um, but you would just pick a spot on the wall to look at and then hold that while you're in the pose for like 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And all this interesting stuff happens. The it's same magic. thing happens when you take a tarot card and you have your students look at it, look at the tarot card for 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And the cards literally start to leap to life. I mean, obviously the two experiences are completely different. One's in your body, one's on the cards, but both are equally bring bring about an equally evocative experience that that I don't think the yogi ever walks away from a pose they've held for 15 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and forget that. Um, and certainly the same thing happens, I think, uh, every time you give that kind of attention to a tarot card, unexpected, um, unexpected results happen, surprises, discoveries, certainly. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I want you to guide me into a, a yoga nidra. You would love it. One day we will make that happen, and I think it would be something that will be very interesting. I think it would be a great thing to teach at a tarot conference. I do, too. I'm thinking maybe um, a study group at the, uh, at the reader studio, Teresa. Mm-hmm. That, you would never know. I don't know. Well, I would sign up. I would put me first <laughs> on your list. Wherever you teach it, I'll be there. It, it's amazing. You will love it. I'm serious. It's so good. And my tarot spin on it is even though. It's it's awesome. I won't give all the secrets away, but um, that'll be something to definitely bring to the public. Yay. And speaking of bringing things to the public, could you just tell me a little bit more about this class you're teaching? You mentioned it earlier, just yeah, yeah. When yeah, is it? So I'm super yeah I'm super excited that we're doing this. Um, so like I said, it is a um, it's a retreat weekend with myself and Allison DeNicola. Um, and she's actually, it's kind of lovely. I'm a Llewellyn author, and Allison uh, works for U.S. Games and, um, and publishes decks uh, for U.S. Games as well. So it's sort of like fun that the two of us have come together um, and forged this relationship and are moving forward uh, teaching this class together. Uh, she's doing the yogic part. I, of course, am doing the mm-hmm. tarot part. And it's uh, two nights and three days from February 22nd to February 24th. So it's, this is really like at that point in winter where you're like, okay, I've had enough. If you live in the Northeast or in any like kind of cold locations in the United States, you're kind of ready to do something really warm and wonderful. Uh, it's being held at uh, Kerpalo uh, Yoga Center in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, which um, it's a super big honor to be teaching there. Um, it's been around. It's such an institution. Um, and uh, and yeah, so it makes for like a great girls weekend, a great mother daughter weekend, um, friends and family weekend, and it's really going to be about kind of awakening the magic from within. Mm. And just like we were talking about that idea of setting intentions and deeply grounding them inside of your body. But then we're also going to be taking people um, through readings for each other. You know, learning how to read the cards, reading for one another. So it's all about that kind of open, intuitive um, potential space where you can literally manifest whatever it is that, you know, you're looking for. And I think that, um, you know, that's right. Again, the end of February is a very potent time, right, because soon enough spring will be emerging. And I think it's always wonderful when you're working magically to align yourself um, with the season, right? So really it's by the end of February, you know, your New Year's resolutions will be kind of worn off and you'll really be <laughs> like looking to see what is it that I really want to grow, you know, and what do I, what do I want to bring forth into the world 
by the time April hits. So I think the timing of this uh, retreat is going to be pretty spectacular um, Mm -hmm. and helpful for attendees. And, yeah, anybody who is interested in attending or signing up, we still have open spots, can go to my website, uh, sashagram.com, or uh, they can go through the Kerpalo website as well. I think it's kerpalo.org. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds amazing, and I think if anybody really wants to see how to bring tarot and yoga and meditation and all those good things together, this is the ideal place to do it. Yeah. And you're the ideal person for it. Thank you. Thank you. I was excited. Um, Allison came to me with this idea, and I was so, Mm. so enthusiastic. Again, it was one of those funny synchronistic things. She didn't know this, but I I was just finishing up my yoga sections in Llewellyn's Complete Guide to the Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot. So when she called me up and said, hey, lady, um, I I have this great idea about moving, you know, about putting yoga and and tarot together, and I thought you might – you mm-hmm. want to co-teach with me? I was like, I've just been writing about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Amazing. So thank you, Teresa. I'm excited. Well, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and uh, for joining me today. It's always such a joy to talk to you, Sasha. Yay, Teresa! Thank you so much. It was awesome chatting with you too. All right, people. That wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarotlady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. And hey, if you're enjoying this little podcast, take a moment and leave a kind review on iTunes because that's the best way to help people discover the show. I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And remember, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. You are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.